It's time for the Power Hour of Love, starring Charboil and El Bandito. Welcome to the Fiesta. Hey everybody, welcome to the Power Hour of Love, starring Charbol and... El Bandito. Oh man, El Bandito. I know we weren't here last week, but we're back. Absolutely, man. We managed to survive the horrible storm, Hurricane Irma. You know, it rolled through here. It wasn't very fun. It wasn't very exciting for anybody. <laughs> um, but luckily it wasn't too sad and it wasn't too tragic. You know, I mean, there was some loss of life, but... You know, in the grand scheme of things, so many people, they, they freak out and they worry about Florida all the time, about the storms. And we really appreciate all the concern. But, you know, you guys have to realize, like, hurricanes are not like mass killers. They're not like earthquakes or tornadoes that come out of nowhere instantly in places that, like, there's no way to survive that kind of thing. You know, sure. like, yeah. these hurricanes that attack Florida and hit us, like, we manage them really well. I mean, you can see we had, what, 10 to 15 people who maybe lost their lives in this yeah, storm yeah. while millions were affected and, and, you know, felt its effects. So, you know, our state's pretty prepared for it. I know we seem like idiots most of the time and we can't do, you know, vote counts <laughs> and, you know, you have too many old people or whatever. And yeah, it looks a little weird when we get some of you guys from all over the country ripping apart our grocery stores for water and plywood. But <laughs> trust us, those of us who live here, we have survived. <laughs> we know what we're doing. And, uh, you know, our heart goes out to other places like Galveston oh, sure. or um, uh, New Orleans, you know, pl places hit with massive storms that weren't prepared for it. They don't have any sort of infrastructure for that sort of thing. Yeah, so their loss, of, yeah. Yeah, their loss of life is catastrophic in those areas. Um, but really here in Florida, uh, we, we've got it pretty under control. So we're here, we're back, we took a week off. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, in, in a sense, like you said, I mean, it's still a dangerous thing. We, we judge each one as they as they come, you know. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, they, they end up kind of just being more of a pain in the ass than uh, <laughs> and a, a legitimate danger, you know. Like, it's like it's just it's more of the aftermath and clean up and, you yeah. know, stuff like that. And yeah. Getting the power back on that we have to deal with. I mean, when we when we saw that news report the next morning, you know, on those of us who had cell phones and things that still worked, and it's like, oh, by the way, in the middle of the night, some earthquake or mudslide or something hit Mexico and killed a couple hundred people or so. Sure. You're like, yeah. yeah, see, like we lost like 10 to 15 people. Like these really aren't that life-threatening crazy, no matter how big they look on a radar or whatever. <laughs> like the area of effect is very small. You know, it's usually less than 50 to 100 miles on either direction from the eye of the storm. So, you know, it's not as bad as it looks on TV. You know how they sensationalize things, but we're okay. Uh, yes. We're back at it. We're here for you guys. We're going to run with some awesome podunk news today that we missed out on last week. Oh, yeah. Uh, we're also going to talk about some other new and exciting shows and nerd shit that's come around. Mm -hmm. And I think we're going to start off by talking about the exciting premiere last week of The Orville. Oh, yeah, man. You know, yeah, this is that new uh, Seth MacFarlane show that's uh, premiered on Fox uh, last week, which I know I didn't get to watch it on premiere night because, you know, I, I didn't have power. <laughs> yeah, me neither. But thankfully, I have Hulu yeah. and they threw it up on Hulu a few days later. And, and, you know, when we got power back, I was able to check it out. 
And I have to say, I've been anticipating this for a while. Some longtime listeners may know I, I'm a big Star Trek fan. I uh, uh, play that Star Trek Online game, you know, all the time. So I really dig that. And uh, I was excited when I heard that Seth MacFarlane was going to do kind of a parody show mm-hmm. of Star Trek in the Orville here. What did you think? Well, you know, I I honestly hadn't really heard about this show previously. And um, just probably because, I mean, I probably saw the name, but it just didn't catch on to like, mm-hmm. me to look into what it was. But I saw a lot of people on social media post about it once it premiered. You know, some liked it, some didn't. But I was like, well, let me check it out and see what it's all about. And obviously, I got the you know thing that it was sci-fi and mm-hmm. kind of just dove right into it. And I watched the whole first episode. And um, at the end of it, I was like, okay, so this is like uh, Star Trek with dick jokes. You know, and that's kind of <laughs> like where I kind of left off on it. I mean, I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. I mm-hmm. was just kind of like, okay, I'll just have to see, you know, how this develops more. I mean, I've been watching a lot more Star Trek now this mm-hmm. over this past year. So I kind of have a, a certain standard that I see that too, but it's like, I'd like that the Orville wasn't just a spoof. Like it seemed like some of the stuff was done like in homage, you know, yes. versus like just parody. So I yeah. thought that was cool that, you know, it's like, even if it has like, you know, um, some juvenile like jokes like it, it it still it seems like it wants to be taken seriously yeah by a certain extent you know if, if that makes any sense well, yeah I, <laughs> I agree with you in the sense that yes seth mcfarlane is a super fan of star trek okay i mean not only has he had the entire cast of the next generation appear in episodes of like family guy but we all know patrick stewart has a recurring role on american dad oh yeah so yeah. you know he's a big fan many people don't recall that in the show enterprise from the early 2000s uh, in the final season, Seth MacFarlane's actually a crewman aboard the ship. Oh, okay. you know, and he's oh. just an, like a random engineering guy, but he appears in maybe two, maybe three episodes. Uh, so the guy's a super fan of Star Trek, and I think that goes a long way in him being able to pitch this show. That is, yes, a parody, but also uh, such an homage. You know, yeah. like um, everything is very similar to Star Trek. But what I really, really like about it is that he takes all of the things that are kind of taken for granted on the show and like really like super fans will look at and and kind of laugh about and he points out how they're always perfectly staged in the show <laughs> you know uh, the best example of course being the guy in the view screen mm-hmm. you know that he calls you know an- another ship calls him hails him you know yeah. they put him on screen and the guy's like way off to the side on the screen because you know real like diehard Star Trek fans you always think like man that guy's always perfectly framed <laughs> in the center of his ship all the time and he's just telling him he's like can you take like two steps to the left because you're just framed really weird there's a lot of negative space to your right right (laughs) yeah you know so it's like really funny and i like a lot of little quirks like that and um i know you know i was watching with the beautiful women's of course and she told me she said do they have food on the bridge in regular star trek like why does he have to ask about his soda and i'm like well yeah no it's like a military like precision that they run the ship with no you're not eating snacks on the fucking bridge so it's kind of funny because it's never really addressed Mm -hmm. but they do stress on star trek in a few rare episodes how long they have to be on duty yeah so you're like so you're on the bridge for like eight hours. Like, when do you take yeah, a, take break, a or, break? Yeah, when, when do you have a sip of water? I don't see any fountains <laughs> anywhere. What the fuck? You know, they don't have a replicator on the bridge at all. Yeah. So do they literally have to leave the room to get a refreshment and come back? You know. Yeah, yeah. So there's little things like that that's, that's just kind of funny, and I, I like oh, yeah. that they kind of point it out. And I definitely caught those too. Like I said, yeah. going back through like the next generation and watching a lot of that. And like I said, it wasn't like 
you know, I was like, oh man, this is ripping on Star Trek. Like, I mean, I could, I could tell that it was, it was done with heart. It's yeah. not really making fun of it. It's kind of, like you said, there, it's poking fun at the stuff that people would like, you know, catch that are our fans. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that, that's cool. You know, and I, I didn't realize Seth MacFarlane was a super fan in that sense. So, I mean, <laughs> knowing a little more of that, that definitely kind of gives me a little bit of a different view on it. Cause here I am watching like the next generation that's, you know, pretty serious. I mean, they have some funny episodes, but then here's this show that's just kind of like, you know, throwing some, you know, <laughs> yeah, throw like almost being like, ha ha ha, laugh at this. This is funny and geeky, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely got some camp to it, which which is it's kind of refreshing and nice in the sense that like Enterprise was such a grim show that it basically got the series like canceled, you know, off of TV, you know, because it was it was like too gritty, you know, and realistically it was ahead of its time because it wasn't until about 2006 that everyone wanted everything super gritty all the time yeah there you, go. you know and then that lasted for maybe six more years or maybe eight um before like the flash came out and now everyone's okay with things being a little more lighthearted again um so oh. you know it just goes in phases like that it'll be interesting to see how this is received versus you know the new star trek show i mean i know it doesn't exactly it's not going to air every week you know i know the first uh season premiere is going to come out mm-hmm. i think on cbs and you got to get on their crazy buy our things so you can yeah. watch the show thing but yeah. um <laughs> I'm, I'm very interested in well uh, as well the girl i was with uh asked me that she said you know do we have to watch the regulars the new star trek coming out too or can we just watch this you know <laughs> and i told her i said we can just watch this i have to see the other one i'm a super fan i want to see what they do with it sure but that is still just this gritty sort of realism that i'm like that's too much guys scale it back a little bit you know yeah because even like the next gen had heart you yeah. know where it was just like it had it, yeah it had its lighthearted episodes and stuff but man i'm gonna tell you something that uh I mean, I think it's been fun, but it's definitely on the darker, grittier side. And that's the new American horror story that just kicked up over the last <laughs> few weeks. I know you probably haven't had a chance to check this out yet, though, but I've seen the, the first two episodes, man. And like, I'm really digging like the social commentary that they're throwing mm-hmm. this year. Like, I mean, it's it obviously has its horror elements, but, you know, with the release of, uh, it recently which we're going to talk about later in the show i got to check that out as well like i think they're they're also in a great seating to capitalize on (laughs) this killer (laughs) clown business you know i I know this new season of american horror story a lot of it revolves around the 2016 election as well right yes yeah yeah so i've been very interested i've never watched american horror story i'm not a big horror fan yeah um but i've i've heard you tell stories about it and yeah i'm very excited i think this may be the first one i actually sit down and watch well that's cool man because yeah you know there's little things that if you have watched the other uh seasons like you'll catch that they kind of have like a connected universe but yeah Mm -hmm. the thing about it being an american horror story is that these are all individual uh anthology stories so you know you don't really have to watch all the other ones yeah yeah so that's that's what i've heard that i can jump right into this season and not really be left out it's very interesting on how they're handling both sides of this political mess that's going on <laughs> and, 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 uh, you know, like I said, and really kind of like shining light on some of, like I said, like a lot of the social things that people kind of just maybe gloss over. Of course, if you're like on one side or the other, you might view it 
differently but yeah I, i'm 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 very impressed on on how this this uh director is handling you know this season so far so we'll see where it goes it's only two episodes in so it could get very good or it could get very <laughs> bad so um we'll, we'll we'll have some more update on that as as it as it pulls through so very cool well not to keep things on the darker or grim side but just real quick wanted to throw a, uh the news out that uh just recently we lost another wrestling legend Absolutely. Yeah, it was Bobby the Brain Heenan. He recently died. He was uh, 73. Uh, He's most well-known for being the manager of Andre the Giant and the Mm -hmm. Blackjacks. But then also uh, he was a member of the original Monday Night Raw broadcast team and then later went on to uh, be the color commentator on uh, WCW Nitro. Uh, one thing I would say about Bobby Heenan is that, man, he was like, you know, how like the king, you know, he would be the guy that was like, you know, he was almost like the heel announcer. Yeah. You know, Bobby the Brain was pretty much the original guy to do that, you know, <laughs> so to lose him, I'm sure guys like King and Booker T and, and uh, JBL, you know, where they kind of sometimes try to side with the heel, yeah. you know, with their wrestling knowledge, you know, it, it, it was cool that he brought that to the, to the announce table, you know, so Absolutely. also a great manager. So definitely uh rest in peace, Bobby Heenan. Well, man, you know, we had a lot of rain and stuff, you know, while we were dealing with that hurricane. Mm-hmm. So, man, I don't think there's a better song that we could play to talk about the rains, but Africa but here we're going to have it by Awful Mitty.
And that was Awful Midi with Africa. Oh, man, I know that's like one of your favorite songs, El Bandito. <laughs> absolutely. So what did you think of that rendition? Uh, I have to say uh, it was it was absolutely unique. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, you know, it's one thing with like those uh, MIDI tracks and chip tunes and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. But I thought that was kind of funny because they didn't really use any like alterators to like, you know, right. change like, you know, to like have like other, it really was just sound effects from Donkey Kong. Yeah, there was no auto tune. I mean, the composition yeah. of it is pretty incredible it yeah. really is i mean i'm not saying it's going to replace toto for me you know but it's definitely something you hear and uh you know you're like holy shit that's great i cannot believe they figured out how to do that and then at a, probably at about 218 you're like this was cool yeah exactly <laughs> it's like one of those things where at first you're like really really awesome and it's like they really did cover the whole uh, yeah the whole song <laughs> <laughs> cool in concept execution yeah, yeah really but, good work too so. but like you said uh the uh yeah that's awful midi so you know look at that they they don't pull no punches about what they're doing <laughs> uh they uh I like to go and uh, recreate uh, classic tunes using only video game effects. So definitely check out their website and um, yeah, you can find them doing some more tracks, but Hey, El Bandita, I know we weren't here last week, man, but you know, we still got plenty of podunk news floating around out in the world. So why don't we get onto that right now? Absolutely. Let's do it. Podunk news. Well, hey, man, I know this first news story is something you and I have <laughs> talked about on the side, but I thought we should bring this out so everybody else can hear about it and maybe tell us what they think. Absolutely. Yeah, this this is actually even more fun than we discussed because I asked a, a couple of other people about it. Oh, um, very but cool. It, it sounds like Rose City Comic Con, which where is that? I, I don't know where the hell that is. Shoot, I wish I knew. <laughs> you wish you knew too? Okay, so so Rose City Comic Con is getting a lot of publicity for the first time ever, you know, <laughs> because they're banning anything related to Nazi or what they consider hate paraphernalia, right? Yes. Now, yes. I know you hear that and you think, oh, yeah. Duh, don't come like a hate-mongering shitbag to a Comic-Con. Not a super hard thing. But it goes on to list the things that you can't be. Yes. And most notably, like, the number one thing they list is, like, you cannot come dressed like this or you will be sent home is the Red Skull. Oh, yeah. And the thing is, not just be sent home, you are banned for life. For life. Yes, that's right. You can never return. (laughs) Even if you take off the costume. No, you're gone. You're gone. And next year, gone. Can't come back. Exactly. So they're they're pretty serious about it. And I, I have to admit, I understand right now the necessity for being like, dude... You know, that's that's very poor taste, you know, they're having a lot of issues with this whole Nazi white supremacist bullshit. Oh, absolutely. So I get it. But by the same token, like there's still like some part of me that's like, are we really going to start saying that like you can't come as a character? Yes. I mean, are you telling me I can't come as Magneto? Because he's pretty Nazi related, you know? You know, and that's that's right. You know, I, I see a lot of people you know, that are like treating this like a win, you know, we're like, oh, look at this. Yes. Yeah. yeah good. Good. Yeah, yeah. Let's choke out, you know, hate, you know, but like, you're right. You're, you're not really winning because you're limiting what people can be creatively. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just, it's like, yeah, you're, you're sacrificing freedom for the illusion of security. It would be like almost saying that someone that comes as the Joker is like going to try to blow up the con. No, the guy's just coming dressed because he likes the Joker. His his mm-hmm. history is that, you know, he has a place there, yeah. you know? And that, yeah, I think like Hellboy's enemies 
almost every one of them are yeah. Nazi related. Yep. You know, like you said, Magneto definitely has a past. I mean, yeah, I mean, he's a survivor. Yeah, but yeah. they say they list in there no Nazi related paraphernalia. Yeah, you know, yeah. so you're like, well, that's pretty damn Nazi related. I mean, absolutely. You man. know, the guy has the tattoo and everything. Yeah, so, so it's I, like, are we just supposed to start pretending our past didn't happen? And like when I brought this up to some other people, you know what they said? What'd they say? So I can't go as Jonah Hex. Good point. He was a Confederate soldier. Was he a Yankee? No, he was Confederate. Uh, Yeah, Yeah. I was pretty sure he was a Confederate soldier. Yeah. Yeah. And he's very prominently featured in the new Legends of Tomorrow show. Exactly. You know? And like, dude, how the fuck did Hydra like become Nazis that you can't go as Red Skull? (laughs) Like Hydra's not fucking real, dude. You know? Exactly. Hydra's not even a hate group. They don't even hate. They're not racist at all. (laughs) So it's like, come on, man. it, It is pretty, pretty wild. Like, you know. From, you know, a business insurance purposes, maybe Definitely. I can kind of see where this is going, but yeah. Dude, from a bad taste perspective, I completely understand it. I mean, October 2001, there was some dickhead making a joke about the, you know, uh, 9-11. Exactly. You know, because people are just, they, they want a shock value sometimes, yeah. they want to get noticed, and like, yeah, could this get out of hand super quick? Yeah, man, if you start having your red skulls and freaking... <laughs> Uh, Jonah Hex's band together and start chanting in the middle of your arena, shit's going to get bad quick. Oh, yeah. So I understand being like, dude, it's not a great idea to do this. We don't want people showing up for this. But again, think of the consequences of your restrictions as well. That, Like Senor Bull said, you're taking away these people's freedom to express themselves and represent popular characters that are in movies and cinema today who also don't represent the hate that you people are trying to push away and i think in a sense too they're kind of bringing unwanted um attention to it exactly (laughs) now now they're gonna have a bunch of white supremacists outside their thing (laughs) causing you know know what i mean it's almost like if if somebody showed up to your con wearing something that you thought what what didn't match what you should allow like deal with that on a per person basis i mean Mm -hmm. we all know here hey if you want to refuse somebody's service and say hey nope you're out of here i mean that that you can do that like yeah yeah it is what it is and you're right they should have just kept this on the down low yeah and if someone showed up like that and like no dude you're gone goodbye go take that shit off in the parking lot and come back and you know what i'd have no problem with that sure because that's their right as a vendor to do that i don't have any problem with them announcing that they're doing this whatever i think it's not smart to put the word out there ahead of time and get yourself yeah tripped up like this like that was kind of the the wrong move but yeah to have people show up and to be like nah dude i'm sorry you spent money on your costume but like yeah, we can't have that. Yeah, either. I mean, we've yeah. been to Megacon here in Florida and seen people who came with realistic weapons and things oh, that yeah. they're like, nope. Offensive costumes. Yeah, I mean, nope, that shit's not getting in here. Uh, Goodbye, yeah, I mean, sorry, it, you know? There's, there's, I'm sure there's a certain line, you know yeah. what I mean? And it's like, yeah, you don't want to, you know, but at the same time, it's almost like this is like, hey, you know, we're doing this, so, you know, all this, all these, you know, supporters do that. It, it, it yeah. just seems like it's done in a different, well, for a different, av- or a different, population you know like well well, dude okay here's the thing i just googled this right and i'm freaking beside myself because what part of like rural freaking texas or (laughs) alabama do you think the 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 rose city comic-con's going down in where is it dude it's in portland oregon 
Oh my god! This is like one of the most liberal freaking places you could be in. Sure, Peaches sure. Peaches and cream state, and they think they got a bunch of freaking white supremacist Nazi assholes up there. Like what the fuck? It's man? not in like Richmond, Virginia, or something. Yeah, exactly. Where you're like shit could get. It's not in Ferguson. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it, it just seems weird, like you said. Like they're almost getting attention by saying this. Yeah, and, and that's not cool. Where I did see some people that are very pro this are saying, "Oh well, we hope that like you know." New York City Comic Con and you know San Diego Comic Con take this into account. Yeah. Which who knows? Maybe if it you know maybe maybe they will see that and say oh you know maybe that is it. But yeah. I just think it's it is it's limiting people's creativity and it's like it's not even from a a political or a hater or any kind of th- you know it's just that they're coming as a character. Yeah. And if so, you know who knows maybe those people do believe this or that, but yeah. it's like. They're not going there with those intentions. If they do go there, get them fucking kicked out or arrested. Yeah, well, you know what the point is? Is that people should be based on the merit of their actions and not what they look like. Exactly. And that's exactly what these white supremacists are promoting. People being oppressed based on what they look like. Yeah. You know, because they're black people or because they're gay and they're flamboyant or whatever. You know? So when you tell someone else you can't dress up like the thing that you like, (laughs) you're doing the same goddamn thing, you retard. Exactly. Like the the point is is you judge people by their actions. And if you walk in there dressed like the red skull and start pushing around black people, you're the fuck out of there, dude. You know? Exactly. Yeah. You start razzing up the Mexicans at the taco stand, you're fucking gone. Hell yeah. I don't care if you are Jonah Hex, you know? But the point being is like, yeah, judge people on the merit of their actions and not how they look. Absolutely. And that is how you will make this a non-issue. Yep. You got it, El Bandito. Well, definitely, you know, Rose City Comic Con, we wish you guys the yeah. best of luck. And um, You're yeah. on fucking notice with the power <laughs> hour, man. <laughs> well, hey, man. We're gonna we're gonna throw down some funny stuff real right here. Absolutely, well, at least take it down a notch. Right, sorry guys. Something that I thought was pretty funny. I mean, I'm sure this judge didn't think it was too funny, but once again, we got a great story coming out of Pennsylvania. <laughs> we need to create our own little segment of just Pennsylvania craziness, man. <laughs> we'll get some Pennsylvania news. <laughs> well, a man recently released from prison in Pennsylvania. Has been has a new charge added to him after he sent a photo of Hannibal Lecter to the judge with a threat from by quoting the movie. <laughs> the original confinement was 18 months due to a marijuana charge, but now they're pushing for stalking and terroristic threats. <laughs> so I don't know what was actually said. It probably had something to do with putting lotion in a basket or something, or, or eating him some farva beans and liver. But, but yeah, this judge is not, you know, taking yeah, this lightly. I'd love to have you over for dinner. Send him a photo of Hannibal Lecter. You're like, oh, shit. Exactly, man. He's got, you know. Uh, yeah, I guess these folks coming out of Pennsylvania ain't too smart. You know? <laughs> oh, man. You know, I, I got to tell you, that's definitely like, I love a good movie quote. Sure. I had a long discussion with my moms on the phone earlier today, talking to her about movie quotes and how like, I can still remember lines from Indiana Jones like they were yesterday. There you go. Right? I mean, go ahead. Tell me right now any quote from the Indiana Jones movie. The poison you just drink, Dr. Jones. <laughs> Classic Temple of Doom opening scene, you know? <laughs> the one that always comes to my mind is like, no ticket. <laughs> I, that, that was the next one on my mind, too. Yeah, that was, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So much good stuff there, and that shit's like 25 years old or something yep, now. It sticks in there. You know? So I get loving a good quote. Using them to threaten your judge, probably not a super good move. 
Pennsylvania. <laughs> oh, definitely. Well, here, here's a little bit of news just north of Pennsylvania. Well, I guess maybe what, like maybe like northeast. <laughs> what do you got? Well, over in Washington D.C. Oh, okay. Eleven-year-old Frank Gallico, who's known, I guess, online by his nickname FX. Okay. I don't know where that ties together, <laughs> yeah. but um, he's gained the job recently of cutting the White House Rose Garden's lawn. <laughs> He got Freddie's job. <laughs> I, I, yeah, dude, you know, and here's the point. I guess, you know, Trump, you know, President Trump, he tweeted his approval of the boy's work. Okay. I mean, you know, you know Trump, he's always quick to tweet something, oh, you yeah. know. Uh, but um, <laughs> FX said he typically charges $8 a lawn, but that he'll cut the White House's lawn for free. Oh, I can see why Trump likes him then. <laughs> I was going to say, I mean, out of any place that needs to be paying this poor kid, it would be the White House. <laughs> I mean, well, hey, I just want to make sure, is he an American citizen? Because I, I, it sounds like they're paying some undocumented workers to cut their <laughs> garden out here. I don't like that. Listen, I mean, you know, is he making that uh, that lawn great again? <laughs> <laughs> He's making that rose garden great again. <laughs> but yes, I thought that was pretty funny. Um, the uh, last story we got here is a, uh, it, it could be considered a little bit of a heartfelt one, Uh a German Shepherd Jack Russell Terrier mix. Holy shit. I mean, how many different things can they combine in these damn okay. Not for nothing. All of you beautiful people out there in the audience, take a moment. Sit back. Enjoy the soothing sounds of our voices. You know, just relax. Close your eyes a little bit. I mean, if you're driving, don't. But close your eyes a little bit. And picture in your head. A German Shepherd and a Jack Russell Terrier getting it on. <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 that's the Jack a... <laughs> Russell. He does like like a little lap dog. Yeah, yeah. yeah German, German. Oh my God. German Shepherd, <laughs> your typical canine. For... <laughs> oh, he destroyed that Jack Russell. Right <laughs> well, this mixed dog was lost in February of 2006 in Florida, our home state. You know, but was recently found and identified last weekend in Long Island, New York. Wow. So it made it all the way from, you know, this German Shepherd hybrid, you know, made it all the way from Florida to Long Island. The family who owned the dog said they're extremely happy that they will be reunited with their companion, but they're trying to figure out a way to get the dog home. So they're looking for volunteers. (laughs) I mean... Yeah, you guys so you're like, yeah. I lost my dog. It traveled halfway across the country due to my negligence. Can someone bring it back for me? That'd be super. <laughs> yeah, we'll get right on that. <laughs> I mean, it's like maybe the dog's trying to get as far away from them as maybe you should have went to Halifax. <laughs> <laughs> he should, man. Go get some donairs. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I can say is he's just lucky he stayed on the East Coast because I'm not sure a German Shepherd would have been allowed over in Portland. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, <laughs> German Shepherd. Oh, I don't know. Man. It sounds like you know this guy is just looking for someone else to do his dirty work for him and bring his dog back, and that's the epitome of just trying to hang yourself out on a bad joke. You oh know? yeah. But you know what? We got some tie your own rope right here. From Billy Doom and the Band of Serpents. Yeah.
That was Billy Doom and his band of serpents with Tie Your Own Rope. What did you think of that track, El Bandito? Oh, man, that was a fun track. I like that. It was very poppy. Uh, I like the hashtag on it. It says stoner pop. Yeah. <laughs> there but you go. I have to say, like, our uh, our recording here, the Power Hour, is in mono. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been doing it mono for the last, uh, you know, uh, 10, 15 episodes or so. Oh, yeah. Um, but the stereo effects on that track are wonderfully put together. Oh, yeah. So, you know, please go to their SoundCloud, Billy Doom and the Band of Serpents. And listen to the track in stereo there. It sounds killer. Like, you know, you can hear the lead moving around you. You can Mm -hmm. hear the cowbell in one ear and not the other. It was really great in stereo. So uh, head out to their SoundCloud page, show them some love, and check it out, man. Oh, definitely, man. And just so everybody knows, that was actually just a demo track from that band. (laughs) So this is the first demo released from uh, one of the Treasure Coast's newest bands. And one thing I'll say that's really unique about these guys when they play live and probably even when they're recording, but the majority of the band like all wear like luchador masks. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, maybe they start pile driving each other, too. I mean, I still have to check them out. I'm sure you can catch them down at the Brew 772 sometime real soon. Absolutely. But right now we've come up to our very special third segment of the night where we're going to get into Charbol's Reviews. Oh, yeah, man. And I've got a real scary review for this week, man. I know everybody's been talking about it, and now I'm going to talk about it. And I know you haven't seen it, but now we're still going to talk about it. And in case you're wondering, we're talking about it. Absolutely. (laughs) The newest uh, Stephen King adaptation. I know a few months back we did a thing where we just mm-hmm. talked about all the upcoming ones and the well, Stephen kingdom yes and all yes. of its glory with the dark tower and the missed hit television show yep. coming out and and um uh, 11 absolutely uh, you know and just all the popular Stephen king stuff that's been taking the world by storm and it absolutely has i'm going to steal your first note here mm-hmm. because i think this is pretty amazing it was projected to make about 70 million dollars which is fair for you know uh, a horror movie yeah Yep, you know, yep. to kind of kind of turn over that kind of average um, in the day of today where you get like things that make a billion dollars worldwide. <laughs> you know, you, some of you out there may think that's not great, but it's actually good. It's really oh, yeah. good. It's strong for a horror movie. And uh, it rolled in at about one hundred and twenty three million dollars for its opening weekend. Oh, yeah. So man. Really did almost double what it was projected. Uh, people are loving the story. I know one thing you told me was that it's still only half the movie. Yes, yes. I mean, the way the, the, you know, I'm sure a lot of our listeners have seen the old, you know, flick that was made for TV back in 1990, but um, yeah, this new one is really just half of the story. Like, we still have a whole other half of movie to kind of check out later on, but they do Mm -hmm. a good job keeping it very self-contained you sure. know it's like in the movie in the made for tv movie it was like the next night they were playing the next part but this yeah. kind of just gives you enough and kind of keeps you in that that zone of like oh, what's going to happen and they one thing they've did in the original story and the miniseries they it was set in the 1950s well they've bumped it up to the 1980s so what it is is that um you know it appears every 27 years nice and what was kind of cool was when you look at the dates 
the It miniseries came out in 1990, and now this new It movie comes out in 2007 <laughs> years later. Exactly. So I, mean, I don't know if that was just kind of a thing where they're like, "Hey, we can market this," yeah. and, you know. But it's kind of really neat. And when you think about it, we'll, that, we'll find out in 27 years, I suspect. <laughs> I I said that I was like, man, these kids were so good yeah. in the movie. Like if they waited like 27 years <laughs> to make the sequel, and they could use the same kids. Mm-hmm. That would be awesome. But the guy playing Pennywise would be like. <laughs> 70 years old probably at the time well no probably not that old but yeah because he i think he's like he's probably in his 20s now but he'd he'd be up there a little bit sure, but sure. man i gotta tell you i was really looking forward to this and like you know i watched all the trailers and i talked mm-hmm. all you know people that i knew were into the its story and had read the book like myself it's 1100 mm-hmm. pages you know I, I got through it and i loved the story and like man i I gave it a bunch of praise. I, I think they did a great job. The stuff that they did change was necessary mm-hmm. for the updating. Sure. You know, and, and, you know, even Stephen King said, if like they were to adapt this, like if he wrote the screenplay, this movie would be 22 hours long. <laughs> he said, he was like, you know, wow. for, but you know, if it, if it was, you know, they, they worked this into a two and a half hour movie Sure. and, and the stuff that they put and the stuff that they changed, I think was great. It's actually pretty brutal for what I, you know, I went in with, you know, definitely it was rated R, so I knew it was going to be more violent than the miniseries, Mm -hmm. but a couple of scenes I was like, wow, like I wasn't expecting them to take it that far. I mean, I would say, because, you know, people are, I see a lot of people throwing around in their reviews, you know, it's more of a thriller. It's not so much of a horror. I mean, the things that these kids go through and stuff are pretty horrible. Yeah. And like, yeah, some of just the content and it's, I would say that it's more of a disturbing film. Yeah, I think people get lost in that definition of horror where they think like cheesy jump scares is like what a real horror film is. And you're like, no, a horror, like, I'm not going to lie. I think Sleepers with like Brad Pitt is one of the like (laughs) fucking most terrifying movies I've ever seen, you know? And it's like something doesn't have to have a campy slasher or a jump scare to consider it a horror movie it's something that haunts you man oh yeah and there's a couple scenes in this that if you're not like if you leave the theater and you're just like yeah whatever like your soul is shit what's the matter with you (laughs) pretty much you're the guy that wants to dress up like freaking red skull to go to the rose city comic-con get get, get it together you know man and it's funny because you know watching the movie uh, you know i I went in you know i had high expectations i mean so i was you know i I was expecting to to be more judgmental than i was but Mm -hmm. really my best way to describe it it's pretty much like you took the goonies and a nightmare on Elm Street and like mashed them together. Nice. And that's what it is. You know, it's, okay. it's got the horror, but then it also has comedy. Like not not the the main but well he does some com- comedy stuff too but well, he's like, a clown yeah <laughs> but the uh, the kids themselves it's got mm-hmm. one of the guys from Stranger Things and he's he's great like some yeah. of the stuff he he says is just I mean the whole audience was laughing yeah, yeah. which is really cool because you know you had people being like oh my god I can't believe that just happened then there'd be like the random like Stephen King reference and you'd hear a few people being like oh did you hear that you know yeah. and then you'd have like then the kid would say something funny and then yeah. everybody would laugh well, so it, it was a good movie to see in the theaters yeah that's a great quality when you you can go to a theater and get kind of an audience reaction you know yes. it gives you that sort of shared experience it's really nice but that sort of storytelling where you have the kind of ups and downs that goes along i mean that's shakespearean and it's craftsmanship oh, yeah. i mean you know but what i think is really cool about that is something that i think all of us really miss from the 80s and it sounds like this 
movie is one of the few that's managed to pull it out. And it's also that whole thing, like you said, that was in Stranger Things. Is in the eighties, like kids were really smart, you know? <laughs> yeah. And like they could carry movies on their own and they could outwit adults on occasion. Not all mm-hmm. the time, but on occasion and, and things like that. When you think of the Goonies and, and even something like E. T. Yes. You know? Uh so many times we, we really got credible kid characters. And nowadays, so many movies you go see, like, kids are just little assholes all the time, you know? And I hate that. No, you're right. You're so, right. you know, yeah. seeing Super 8, you know, yes. maybe five or six years ago, I think that yeah, came out, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, was a good homage to that. Stranger Things mm-hmm. obviously was. And, and it sounds like It is right up that alley. And I think that's going to really not only help the nostalgia of the movie, but, but help it uh, stay alive. You know, it's going to keep it. It's longevity. Oh, absolutely, man. Like you said, it's coming out at a great time, like, you know, on the, you know, on the tales of, of Stranger Things and stuff. Mm-hmm. Having that, that kid actor in there, I think yeah. is helping them. But the, uh, the guy who's playing Pennywise, man, he is like, like, I think that dude's going to have some, some offers <laughs> being thrown out because man, he is like. I mean, he's creepy. I'm you know, a creep. oh, it is, it, it, it is. It's like you can't, like, it like runs chills up your spine. And like, that's what I'm saying. I know, hey, different, you know, movies like Saw mm-hmm. and, and, and just, you know, they've kind of desensitized, I think, a lot of people yeah. to like what they expect from a horror movie. But man, this guy, like, if you're not like, walking home that night and kind of like looking over your shoulder, like looking for one of those crazy clown people, you know, it's like, yeah, you may, maybe you're a little tougher than some of us, yeah, but Hey, yeah. you know. maybe, you're either a complete, like <laughs> and total dark hearted person, or you're like a member of seal team six, you know? you know it, man. But one thing I got, you know, just to sing some of the more praises here. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's breaking like box office records left and right. Um, it's, it's listed as the highest opening weekend in September you know, of so far of all time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like ever. You yeah. Know? Ever. And yes. I, I have to say, we're going to do a show very in the upcoming weeks here where we're, we're going to review kind of the summer box office here in 2017. Yes. Cause yes. I know at the beginning of summer, we kind of did a thing of our, of our expected movies and what we thought mm-hmm. would do good. So we're, we're going to be looking at some of these box office numbers here in a few weeks of what actually won the summer kind of deal. Oh, yeah. And I have to say one thing that we're probably not going to get into then, but we definitely wanted to let you guys know about this film was that its budget was $35 million. That's, right? yeah. that's, that's why they say $70 million is double that. So yep. if you can double your return, it's a successful movie. Yep. You know, And like we said, opening weekend, $123 million. What did it go on to make? Oh, man. Well, the, the, during its 10-day you know, slash second weekend, it is now up to $218.7 million. That's Ooh. just domestically. Yeah. Worldwide, it has made $371 million. Now, that's combined domestic and international. Yes, then. that's okay, worldwide. So, so yeah. it's made another $150 million internationally. So that's pretty incredible, man. And, I mean, the one, you know, it's one thing that, you know, it's a popular story. You know, a lot of people know the Tim Curry version. Mm-hmm. But. I mean, this is really unheard of for a horror movie, yeah. and it's incredibly rare for a rated R movie in general. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we know Deadpool really like took it to new levels for the rated R, mm-hmm. like what people will accept. But um, yeah, they just say like you know, uh, you know, its box office is. Um, you know, just it, it. It's not done yet. You know, of course, like you know, a lot of people in Florida couldn't go to the movies last weekend. So they're catching up and, you know, so, I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on out there. 
Yeah, you mentioned that for Deadpool and like its opening weekend was considered like record smashing for being a rated R movie and everything mm-hmm. like this. And it came in at about $132 million. So it is like on the heels of that movie as an opening weekend. And its total run, Deadpool was right around $750 million. Yeah. You know, so close to a billion dollars off a single <sighs> movie worldwide is pretty freaking amazing. But it is setting a pace where it can totally catch that if it uh, if it keeps pumping the way that it's pumping so good on it (laughs) exactly and i mean it's like you know when you do see the movie and you're kind of like man like something that has a lot of brutality and violence towards children you know Mm -hmm. it's kind of it it is very surprising but it's kind of like it's kind of cool because it's it's not cool that they're killing kids but (laughs) but i mean it's kind of neat because i think like america has kind of had this long running thing where you know violence is one thing but sex is another you mm-hmm. know what i mean like almost yeah. like you know oh sex don't don't show that but okay violence is but this kind of takes it to a whole new level because people are very squeamish about children and animals those are usually yeah. like the two things that are very taboo mm-hmm. for for violence and i mean not to spoil anything but there's definitely some stuff in this movie that kind of pushes all of those envelopes and i mean not that i want to have that in every film but it's like just to see that kind of come out and be well it's i think what you're trying to say is it's nice to see that they didn't pull that punch yes that if a book can go there and explore that area that they don't they don't have to water it down for for people to see in the theater you know and and yeah that's great because again like we talked about earlier that's people's choice and their freedom of expression and things like that you know and we need to stop this idea of hiding it all and masking it all so that we don't make anybody feel bad. Exactly. The whole, you know, offend somebody. Now there is one scene from the book that definitely does not make it into the theatrical, which just was, this really isn't a spoiler because like pretty much the director came out before the movie came out (laughs) and said like, look, don't worry guys, you're not going to see that. But in the book, you know, like I said, the book's been out for 30 years now. I'm sure it's not as much of a spoiler, but the kids get lost in the sewer after they fight it mm-hmm. and the, they, they can't find her and they start fighting almost like Ghostbusters too. Sure. Or like they kind of like the, the yeah, evil. They, they, yeah. They tussle and like that negativity makes them angry. Exactly. Well, the only way to, for them to find the way out and they pretty much in a sense lose their innocence. The one, girl in the group ends up having sex with each one of the boys what yes yeah there's actually a, in, in a sense a gangbang in in the story of it what the fuck stephen uh, king i well that's usually the the you know when you hear me like describe it like yeah. that's would be my first thought too but when you read it in the book like it's not really like a thing like a sexual thing you know it's more of like a uh uh, a, a passage from like being innocent child to like kind of like becoming an adult, you know? Yeah. So it's like, I mean, it's hard to explain. And even Stephen, but Stephen King still stands by it. He's like, I'm, I would never take it out of the book, but yeah. he's like, I totally understand why they wouldn't even broach that, you yeah. know? So like I said, it's just something that like where there are some things that, Hey, sure. Let's do that. There's other things that I'm sure a lot of us are like, yeah, let's not do that. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. I'm pretty glad children fucking in a sewer isn't something that ever has to be shot ever. Exactly. <laughs> well, like I said, it just uh, just in that 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 retrospect of where things from a book can sometimes get away. Like, yeah, I'm, I think everyone's happy that that didn't <laughs> make its way in there. I mean, like I said, from uh, you know reading the book, like it's not it's not sexually driven. It's better for yeah. people to read it themselves. 
themselves yeah. and then to make your it probably wasn't necessary but the guy was on a well, lot of I, drugs I at the time i so. appreciate <laughs> like you letting me speak up for the adaptation going through clean and then pulling that out i guess i should have read the book first <laughs> <laughs> well i just wanted to make sure our bases were covered on <laughs> no that one. doubt people man. aren't like wait a minute <laughs> is that scene in there but no they're it, just that, like no yeah. wonder that el bandito guy's so <laughs> stoked about this movie <laughs> no but it, i mean they definitely do something in the movie that doesn't it replaces that but it's nothing yeah. uh, it's nothing vulgar and that's <laughs> they all eat popsicles really <laughs> really slowly <laughs> but you know for charbol's review i definitely give it you know out of the uh the, the five heart rating i definitely give it a full five hearts which i know i'm pretty sparing nice. usually but i really liked it a lot and um yeah i'm, I'm definitely going to pick it up when it comes out and supposedly when it comes out it's going to have 15 minutes of director's cut footage on dvd so if you don't catch it in the theater you'll be in for a treat when it comes out on uh blu-ray and dvd i bet that girl was in for a treat when she got her five hearts <laughs> <laughs> well, like I said, they definitely, uh, you know, there, there's sometimes just some stuff that just leave it in the book. <laughs> yeah, seriously. But, you know, one thing that we just can't keep buried in the sewer is well, Mr. Pennywise himself. So what do you say we move on out of it and yes. get Pennywise with Pennywise? That was Pennywise with Pennywise. Off of their album, Pennywise. <laughs> Can we squeeze, just like it and, you know, uh, ribs and all the way, we're going to squeeze Pennywise <laughs> into so many different things. Hopefully not any, you know, children gangbangs. <laughs> yeah, let's let's try to steer clear of that. So. <laughs> well, definitely. A, I mean, I don't think Pennywise needs a lot of our promo. Like, I mean, <laughs> they're 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 pretty big and rocking it. I mean, just recently they rocked the massive riot fest up in Chicago, which one of its biggest things was that it featured the return of Jawbreaker after nice. a twenty year hiatus. So, Very cool, man. Yeah, we'll definitely have to get our. 
our on uh, on the floor correspondent Joe Dyer, who was at the event to tell us how Riot Fest went down. <laughs> Absolutely, man. But if you're looking for a cool event to go to, maybe in your backyard, we're going to let you know about some awesome, exciting live events you can check out right here in our event section. But we will take a moment, or at least I will, <laughs> to again reiterate. How, like, retarded it is that the Rose City Comic Con <laughs> doesn't want people to dress up like the Red Skull to go there. Because we were thinking about it during the break, and I said, you know yes. what, I'm going to look this up. So we have a clip from you here from Captain America, the first Avenger. This is the Red Skull himself. Call it what it is, exile. I no longer reflect his image of Aryan perfection. You think this is about appearances? Yeah, well, he said that, you know, <laughs> this isn't all about appearances, but apparently at uh, Rose City Comic Con, it is all about appearances. <laughs> Absolutely, man. So the guy doesn't even represent what uh, Hitler's ideal for a Nazi was. He doesn't wear a Nazi uniform. He calls himself Hydra. He says he crawls out of Hitler's shadow, which is, yeah, creepy and hateful, but... sure. You know, I don't know. There's just there's there's a separation here. There's a line in the sand, man, you know, that the movie really tried hard to make. And I thought they did a really good job of and to punish them for that, I think, is pretty shitty. Well, like we said, the, you know, we know that there's a history of Red Skull being involved with the Nazis, yeah. but then he moved on and did Hydra related. So, you know, like, like yeah. you said, they're they're Yeah. I mean. It, it, the ideologies aren't even the same. Like you said, like the, I mean, of course he's trying to cause chaos and yeah, stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. And I, I, I get the point. Okay. Like, why are you going as red skull in the first place? Go as cap. What the fuck? You know, <laughs> but still, but maybe you know? one guy's going as cap. The other guy's going to exactly. go as red skull. Yeah. yeah. You know, maybe it's his brother or something, you know, come on, man. I mean, yeah, just, we all know just like pro wrestling, mm -hmm. you know, it's fun to play the good guy. It's even better to play the bad guy. You know it, you know? And I mean, I get that, you know, pro wrestling, <laughs> doesn't have you know white supremacists and stuff like that running around but it's just it's the fact that if they did have a team that kind of like played into that like everyone would say oh it's just goofy wrestling you know it's like dude they, they said it best in that netflix show you put me on to glow you know yeah maybe the hero gets all the applause but the villain gets all the best lines exactly man and that's why people want to play them you know and they yeah. want to you know be it's a part of the history of the comic you know it just seems like People want to be in this pretend world, like this stuff yeah. doesn't happen. You know, and they'll, they'll they'll say, "Oh, well, you know, over in Germany, like you know, you'll be thrown in prison if you walked around with some sort of like mock regalia of like, you know." And it's like, mm -hmm. okay, well, that's why we're not in Germany. You know, yeah, I mean? and like, we're, and Red Skull. You don't have to wear a Nazi uniform to be the Red Skull. Exactly. I mean, most of my life, I remember seeing comics of him in sort of like a fatigue-looking outfit. Sure. You know, yeah. it was like Odie Green, like our military used, because he was just some random crazy pants guy. And yeah, he was created by Nazis, but he wasn't running around throwing the Reich up everywhere, you know? I think what it is is a lot of people got their hands on that, you know, that picture of the Joker being like, wait a minute, this guy's a Nazi? I don't support this guy. <laughs> Stand back, boys. Which, yeah, it's a great, yeah, it's a great little panel, but it's like, I just think they're taking it a little too far. But yeah. anyhow, we've given Rose City Comic Con enough of uh, publicity for now. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk a little bit about something a little closer to us, um, actually going down at the West Palm Beach Improv. 
Uh, one of my favorite comedians is coming to town. It's the comedian Bob Marley. Not to be confused with the popular musician. Absolutely, which I know he probably gets all the time. And, you know, he could go probably <laughs> by as, like, Robert Marley. But, you know, in the way, you know, sometimes it's get people to do a second look, right? Like, yeah, hey, wait a minute, what? Bob Marley. <laughs> well, um, he's known for... Um, being in the boondock saints movies you mm-hmm. know he was like he was like the little detective guy that like assisted willem dafoe yeah so yeah the he, funny guy yeah. yeah he's always sending him to get coffee and stuff <laughs> yeah. so, I mean, it's not a huge part but i mean that's as far as his cinema goes he might be in some tv shows and stuff but mm-hmm. i mean i know a lot of his humor is wrapped around the state of maine which you know <laughs> the same thing like stephen king and all that stuff you know yeah. i mean it seems like a very interesting place right up there near halifax i mean that whole like you know new england area man mm-hmm. It's definitely something to see, but yeah, Bob Marley's uh, comedy talks a lot about stuff, you know, from the New England area. He's got the heavy uh, Maine accent, you know. Uh, He's going to be at the Improv uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. There'll be shows at 8 p.m. and 10 p.m., and the tickets are going now for $20 a piece. Oh, yeah, man. You can't beat 20 bucks a ticket. I mean, the Improv is such a nice place. Uh, You know, it's right there... um you know, downtown, really nice area. They've got lots of little shops around it. Uh, you can get food right there in the improv, I believe. Like, I think they have, uh, what, what do they call, tapas or whatever. You oh, know? you can like, have a little sapa? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't think you're getting a T-bone, but you, know, you can get some egg rolls or something or some buffalo bites. But, uh, but yeah, they have cocktails and stuff there. Really nice venue. Get down there and check it out. I do know the improv usually, like, requires, like, a certain drink maximum. I think it's, like, what, two drinks or something mm-hmm. like that? I think so. that would be a minimum. Like, oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah you have yeah, to get at least two drinks. Not right. like, you got two drinks, you drunky McDrunk. Yeah. Get out of here. That's true. That's true. I'm sorry. Yes, a yeah, minimum. I mean, we've yeah. taken Mr. Fusion there, so you have to... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, he thought he was actually there to do improv. He got up on stage, got us promptly kicked out. He was even dressed as the Red Skull. <laughs> oh, man. But you know what? Upon special request, we're going to get Mr. Fusion in here in a few weeks. So oh, make sure yeah. to check back with us. But that's going to about tap out the Power Hour of Love for tonight. As always, you can reach us at powerhouroflove at gmail.com on our toll free hotline, the Love Line at 1 844 Love. That's 5683. You can call us 24 7, leave us an automated voice message. If you catch us in studio, we'll throw you right up on the air. Otherwise, hit us up on the Facebook, the Instagram. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to get in touch with you. And we'd love for you to touch us. Oh, yeah, man. Well, definitely we'll be back next week, 10 p.m., Podunk Radio. Definitely check out our past episodes on Podbean. And, uh, yeah, man, it's uh, ready for another action-packed weekend coming up as. Yeah. I don't understand. Things were going so great, but... Something must have happened. It's not you. It's me. Uh, listen. I was thinking we should break up or whatever. I am breaking up with you. Consider that a divorce.